Hello and welcome to the Aviva podcast. My name is Ben Moss and this edition of the podcast, we're going to be talking about the sandwich generation. That's the term coined to describe people who are simultaneously looking after dependent children and aging parents. Now, new research by Aviva has found there are around 4 million people in the sandwich generation. And the research also shows that around half of those people have four hours or less for themselves each week. That's just 35 minutes a day. Now, I'm joined on the podcast today by two people who have first-hand experience of the sandwich generation. They both work for Aviva, and they're Helen Chadwick and Lee Roberts. Thank you very much for being on the podcast today. Okay, thanks, Ben, for that. Um, my current situation is that I have um, a three-year-old son, so he's a three-year-old toddler that's in nursery, so a different demand there. And I also have um, elderly parents, so they're in their 79, 82 years of age. So you've got different demands. And my um, father has just got early diagnosis of dementia. So that's presenting, you know, him starting to behave more like a child, a bit more dependent, um, needing a lot of reassurance and needing a lot more care. So you, you've sort of got care at both sides, um, which also that conflict on the time that you have to... Um, spend and you're working full-time as well. I mean it sounds tough. Lee, can you just give us a bit of background on your situation? Yeah, quite similar, well quite similar in that um, elderly parents of about the same age um, but with three dependent children in their teens. Um, so three dependent teenagers um, which is a challenge in itself to be fair and um, elderly parents. Uh, the situation I had was where my dad also had dementia um, and mum was effectively a carer for him. The situation I had was when mum became poorly, um, developed a twisted colon and was in and out of hospital pretty much every 48 hours. Um, she would go in, they would correct it, she'd stay in for a bit and then come back out again and, and, and that went on for absolutely months and months and months. Um, and yeah, so uh, the strain that I personally experienced is as a result of that. And Lee, we'll, we'll come back to you again. I mean, it sounds in incredibly tough. Is there one thing that you look upon and think that was the biggest challenge or is it just a combination of factors you have to deal with? It is a combination, Ben. Um, I would say the biggest challenge was holding my job down during that period. It was a long period. Uh, don't get me wrong, in compared to other people that can have experiences like that for absolutely years, mine was probably up to about a year, six, six months to a year that I had that experience. Um, and the biggest challenge for me was holding down my job because I'm part of a senior leadership team um, and we all have roles to play. I, um, as a bloke, rightly or wrongly, I didn't want to... Uh, um, let anybody down. I didn't want to uh, be a burden to my peers. I didn't want to be a burden to my boss. And whilst I was open about it to my boss in particular and also my peers, um, I just dealt with it. Um, and it had a profound impact. Well, we're going to come on to the support you can get from your employers a little bit later in, in the conversation as well. And also, I mean, you touched some really important points there about men typically not being the ones who ask for help. But Helen, if I can just come back to you, so you've got a, a young child, like Lee's already pointed out, a similar situation but different challenges. So is there something at the moment that you're thinking, this is the one that's really, this this is the issue that's really causing me problems? Or again, is it just that the overall situation that you're having to deal with? I think it is the overall situation, but I think 
there's, that's the kind of practical stuff that you're dealing with. But what you don't really appreciate is the emotional strain, because you know you, you you're bringing up a young a young child, which is you know fantastic, and but it is, has its challenges. But then when your parent is becoming childlike, you can see and you can see that that's a deterioration. So this person who or these people who were you know, strong kind of role models in life and were there and you could rely upon them if, you know, I needed help with Oliver then then, you know, I could have help from parents. I haven't got that and in other and it's actually made it twice as hard because you've got to you've got to care for them as well. But the emotional side, the fact that they're not the people that they used to be and you're seeing them deteriorate and they're upset about that deterioration because my father's at that point where he knows that he can't remember and he knows he isn't as capable it, it comes back to what you said earlier Lee, about being the man and being you know sort of in charge and being the breadwinner and and not showing um any weak spots i think that generation's even worse than than say ours because they they didn't do stuff like that they never asked for help they never cried they never you know had those weaknesses they were very much um men of the house weren't then so I, the, the sad thing and the challenge for me is, is managing that and it's the emotional part that it plays on on you and your sort of heartstrings really because that person isn't the person that, that you always remember them to be and you're gradually seeing that deteriorate each day I think and obviously well, Helen, I can completely no, relate sorry, to that no. dad no. was my rock mm -hmm. he was a very strong man um, sorry, starting to creak a bit, getting upset. Um, so to see him deteriorate is upsetting. Um, but you do, you, we do it because they were, they looked after us. They, you know, fed yeah, us. Absolutely. They brought us into this world. They fed us. They changed our nappies. They, they done everything for us. So absolutely, you just go into auto mode and and deal with it for them. Um, uh, you, you just crack on with it. Um, and for me personally, the, the, the flood of, of emotion and, and the impact of me personally mm -hmm. came after the event, if that makes sense. It, yes. You just deal with it there and then and you cope with your doing your job, your, uh, you go home to your children uh, and your wife eventually and you see to your parents and you, you just deal with it. It was, it was when all that was taken away, if you like, that it all, that, that's when it hit me personally. It was like, yeah, blimey, all the, all the weight has been lifted now, but that is when I felt the impact, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. I was going to say, oh, sorry to interrupt, but I was going to say the research that Aviva's carried out around this has found that a third of people who, who, who say they're, they're in the sandwich generation have experienced mental health problems as well. I mean, do you think that, yeah. that that's probably not unsurprising? I, I think that's that's probably even uh, a little low. I think it must be higher than that because the emotional strain that people under, that you don't admit because as you said, like you just get on with it because it's not because it's an obligation, it's because you want to because they've cared and brought you up and all those good things. But I think it's probably higher than that figure suggests. There's probably a lot of people that don't admit it. Um, and and also you don't appreciate the strain you're under. If If anything, I think... Juggling all that is, is the challenge and work can, act, can actually be quite nice and almost a relief because you can get a problem, you can sort it out and you can feel like you've been successful but when you're managing relationships and family stuff, you can't always just find a perfect solution for it. 
So I find work can be quite um, therapeutic as well. It, it, this is really fascinating actually i haven't been i i don't identify in the sandwich generation i've got three young kids but my parents are still you know touch wood fit and healthy at the moment but i thought we were going to come on here and i was going to discuss with you the the practical difficulties you know for the time management and the you know how do you spend time with your children and look after your parents and make sure your wife or husband or partner is okay and, and that kind of thing and to hear you guys, the first thing you brought up is the emotional strain is not unsurprising, but maybe something I just I, I hadn't even comprehended. And Lee, we were talking just before we started recording how it's a bit of a stereotype, but typically men are the ones who won't open up and ask for the help and support they should probably get. Is that something you found and you, you found when you were going through your situation? Yeah, I mean, definitely, Ben. Um, I think... Uh, I was open about it to my boss, as I've said, and to my peers, but I, I didn't burden them. I, I just dealt with it. But men, I feel, are, are not good at opening up. I think, back to Helen's point, there is a stigma still, sadly, around mental health issues and mental health illness. Um, and people don't always like to talk about it. Um, you know, there's still a bit of a stigma attached with it. Do you, at the moment... Do you actually identify as a carer? Yeah, I, I wouldn't have labelled myself that. It was it was interesting because I was talking to Sarah about this, and then this this topic came up, and you just you just see that that's it's not a duty. It's just something you want to do. You you're a, you're a, I don't know. You've just got that um, that love and compassion for those people, so you will do things for them as you know families do for each other um, and it's just natural it's just a natural thing that you do you don't label it so you don't think of you need an, a special label as such but actually if you step away you're doing that in addition to other things in your life so you, you should have that um, consciousness really that that is something that you're doing in addition to you know um, looking after your relationship managing your work you know also giving yourself that balance and having your home life and, and trying to, to pursue your career you kind of it is another facet to your life really and that's interesting Lee to you I mean do, do you identify as a carer I do now I when I look back and reflect on it I, I clearly I am I was if you like uh, so my, my as, as I've inferred my situation has moved on um, but I definitely didn't at the time. I knew I was sandwich generation. I knew I was sandwich generation. I was familiar with that um, label, for want of a better phrase. But I certainly didn't consider myself a carer. Um, but you do now. Yeah, totally. I clearly was. I absolutely was. Um, but you just, just um, human nature, decency for your parents. Uh, uh, obviously. Uh, for your own parents and when you are parents obviously your children are your world as well so you, you just get on with it as we as both Helen and I have said you don't really have time to think too hard about it and, and life was during that period six to twelve months was just a, a just a complete and utter emotional roller coaster it really was the only normal time really was when I was here at Aviva when I you know come in and say maybe then I did nine to six say short day but you know for me but then travel over to the hospital see my mum uh spend a couple of hours there then on my way back call on my dad to make sure he was okay taking his medication get home after nine o'clock at night see the children that were still up and awake 
um, and then and then sit down, have a bit of dinner, and try and sp- speak to the wife for a little bit. You just get on with it. And, and you have to repeat and do the same the next day you see, and the next day, and the next day. And it, it, the time and the practicality is something I want to ask about. In the introduction, I, I mentioned Aviva's done some research uh, into the sandwich generation, and people who identified as being in, in that said that half of them, um, so an estimate of around 2 million people, said they had less than four hours a week to themselves. I mean, that's less than 35 minutes a day. Does that does that sound familiar, that you have that little amount of time to actually even think about yourself, let alone do something for yourself? I think I think you don't you don't even think about time for yourself. You just you, as Lee said, you just get on with it. But I think for me, I, I personally like to just I like sport or, or or running or you know Pilates or whatever. And I like to make at least you know some time to just do that. If it's just to go to half an hour in the gym or if it's to go for a run for you know twenty minutes or Friday evenings are my little 45 minutes of peace and and selfishness because I go to a Pilates class so I can go and have those 45 minutes that are mine. (laughs) I don't have to worry about anything at that point in time. So I think I've probably been conscious to try and carve out a little space for myself. Sometimes that does get eroded. So even your 45 minutes gets eroded. (laughs) It can do. (laughs) And Lee, I mean, if you could take yourself back to that six or nine months, it doesn't sound, apart from, you know, work, it being your sort of, you know, sanctuary, which is sometimes a bit of a sad thing to say, but you, you, you don't sound like you've had any time at all, really, to yourself. No, and, you know, I think Helen's amazing for making herself uh, some time and to do uh, some sport, because what, what a great thing that is to alleviate um, some of the strain. If there's anyone listening to this who, um, who, having listened to this, now identifies as being in the sandwich generation or maybe thought of themselves of that before, is there any advice you would give to that person who's listening who, who maybe is struggling at the moment? What, what would your key piece of advice be to them? I would say talk. Please, please talk. Um, you probably would talk to your nearest and dearest. You would talk to your wife, to your husband, whatever the situation may be. But please, you know, if if uh, there's a big thing for most people, um, the yes, there are dependent children and there, there are your own parents, but the big thing in the middle is your job. And therefore, it is important to talk to the best of your ability at work. Let your line manager know. Seek out and try and identify whether there are things that can help you at work and in the workplace. Um, and don't try and deal with it on your own like I did. Um, that would be my advice. And Helen, same question to you. From what you're going through, is there anything that you've picked up on you think, actually, if you could pass this on to someone who, who's in a similar situation to you and Lee, that they could really learn? I, I think for me, it's definitely talk. You don't have to do it all yourself. There are, you know, there is help that you can get out there. So, so with, with Dad, there are people that we can go to that can give support. It doesn't have to be all on your shoulders. And, and you know, don't be ashamed to ask for help for that um, so I think that's in relation to getting help and, and support but then I also think you need to invest a little time in yourself so allow yourself you know the, that half an hour that hour a week just for you because you need to invest in you so you're strong enough for those people that you're looking after 
fantastic way to end the podcast thank you so much both of you for, for your time that, that helen and lee it's been amazing to have you on the aviva podcast so thank you for talking to us uh, if you'd like to read more about the research into the sandwich generation you can find out more information in the show notes of the podcast as well but for now thank you very much for listening to the aviva podcast <laughs>